0: He kona e tēnei nā te reo o well,
1: first of all, I've been looking at the tributes from Māori in the, med- uh, Māori in the media uh, to a person. Everybody is saying, let's mourn the Queen as a person and acknowledge the contribution she made uh, to the Commonwealth. Uh, there will be a time when we have a conversation uh, about what this means. Uh, between the Crown and Māori, uh, but that's a conversation for another time. Right now we just need to focus
2: on mourning the Queen and acknowledging her 70 years of service. That was Māori Crown Relations Minister Kelvin Davis on the News Hub Nation show last weekend, which made a point of asking several Māori politicians what Māori would make of the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And the host Simon Shepherd didn't seem satisfied with the Minister's now's not the time type of response. OK, there is uh, some pushback to that a bit online.
1: Is that inappropriate? Well, everyone's going to have their own views. There'll be different views. Um, personally, I think let's go through the morning period um, and, and then let's start, start having the conversations that will inevitably flow.
2: Well, it's a tough ask to respond to unspecified online dissent, which the host Simon Shepherd didn't seem to even want to describe there or where it was coming from. But shortly after that, Māori Development Minister Willie Jackson was in the News Hub Nation hot seat and he was also pressed on divided opinions. Those facts won't go away, but at at the appropriate time
3: we'll deal with that. But I think it's probably wrong to say that Māori are united uh, in their uh, um, mourning for for the Queen, if if I was being fair. Certainly I I, I support where we are as a government. But there'll be parts of and particularly the protest
2: movement, um, who who you can recall the protests at Waitangi. Now having said that, News Hub then ran an online headline which said that Willie Jackson had said some Māori were angry over the Queen, when he hadn't really said that at all. And it certainly surprised Willie Jackson, who described it on social media as an irresponsible and stupid headline, and condemned the story as clickbait. Now NewsHub might have agreed that it wasn't accurate. That headline now says them will be divided over what happens next, according to Willie Jackson. But in that interview, it became clear that Willie Jackson wasn't even expecting to talk about all that on News Hub Nation that day, but rather about his other portfolio, broadcasting and media. This Māori broadcasting strategy yeah. is going to flow up, because I thought that's what we were talking yeah, well, about. <laughs> well, we were going to. But <laughs> but some, you some, events, well, some events overtake us, don't okay. they? Well, last weekend here on Media Watch, we also took a look at that Māori broadcasting strategy that Cabinet has now approved. You'll find that on the RNZ website if you missed it, or in our podcast feed. But before that News Hub Nation interview ran out of time last weekend, Willie Jackson was also asked about something of huge interest to the media right now. Google and Meta, are you putting the hard word on them to secure deals to pay for content, or are you going to legislate?
3: Well, I'm trying really hard. Because I mean, there's a. Have you given them a deadline? Uh, yeah, I have for three months actually, and and said to, said to them, let's see the deals in the in the marketplace. Let's 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 you know we'll let let's let's look after those small players because sure. and we'll cause just, their news are being taken yeah. and the big players are, 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 are just, so just just do doing it. the business.
2: Now there, Willie Jackson was talking about a major gripe for the media that's gone on for years: Google and Facebook distributing their local news to huge audiences online and profiting from it, while the local media that actually make the content get very little out of it. And the only thing likely to persuade the tech titans to pay up for carrying local news is the likelihood of our government forcing the issue with the legislation. And that was the first time that a government minister had said this might happen here quite soon. I want to see some fairness. I want to see all all these Kiwi news organisations looked
3: after. Yep. That's what it's about. And these big players have the funding and the resourcing to be able to do that.
2: So soon we will know whether they well, have well, actually we, met we, their obligations. Well, we you put out
3: working, you know, I meet with their people all the time. Yep. I say, Who's, who are you doing deals with? And let's see some action out there so that the, the, the little guy can be looked after. You know we only have half the journalists that we I'm we I'm well had. aware of that, and yes. large, yeah. You know, mates are yours. Yep. All out of work. Yep. And all because... Uh, you know i shouldn't
2: blame the big players but there's plenty of money to go around to look after all kiwis oddly there was no overcooked headline about that on the news hub website after news hub nation last weekend but those comments were a revelation for the news media industry news hub included now earlier this month we learned some of the deals that have been done which the minister referred to there when google launched the local version of its service news showcase now available for free via google's websites and apps And the first Kiwi outlets ever to get regular payments from Google for that include the Herald's owner NZME and its subscriber subsidiary Business Desk, as well as RNZ and online sites Scoop, Newsroom and the Pacific Media Network. There's also a handful of local outlets on Google News Showcase too, like Crux, which serves the Southern Lakes region, and Kapiti News. And at the time, Google's local country representative, Carolyn Rainsford, told RNZ's Giles Beckford the showcase deals were an expression of this.
0: Our commitment to continuing to play a part in what we see as a very important shared responsibility um, to ensure the long-term sustainability of public interest journalism in New Zealand.
2: But there's nothing on the Google News Showcase from Stuff, our biggest national news producer, or other big names like TVNZ and News Hub, or smaller ones like The Spin-Off. Now, that's because most of them have banded together with the umbrella group, the News Publishers Association, to bargain collectively with Google and Meta, the parent company of Facebook. And last week, Google's regional head of partnerships, Shilpa Junjunwala, would only say this about how that was going.
0: There are live discussions guys, so we can't comment much on the status, but we are engaging with the MPA.
2: All right. So for now, that means the New Zealand Google News showcase is far from a comprehensive or compelling service for Kiwis. Broadcasting Minister Willie Jackson described it as a good start, but not enough, and the spin-offs founder Duncan Greeve reckoned it was actually the minister that Google had in mind with last week’s launch, in order to create a sense that Google is now a solid and public-spirited ally to the news industry, and it would like Willie Jackson to think so. And that's because it's in the government's power to introduce regulations to force the tech titans to pay for news if they don't do deals with all the news media here, as has happened already across the Tasman. Now in Australia, deals with Meta and Google, estimated to be worth more than $200 Australian dollars a year to the Aussie media, have been done, saving many jobs and creating new ones, as well as more journalism. So how much money might Google eventually throw into New Zealand news, whether willingly or not, RNZ's Giles Beckford put that $64,000 question to Google's people last week and got this response.
0: We can't give you any kind of commercial numbers because they're all commercial and confidence, Giles, unfortunately.
1: Are you able to suggest that you know this is worth broadly millions for the um, publishing industries in New Zealand and for journalistic?
0: Yeah, our global commitment for showcase that we, when we announced it in October 2020 is $1 billion over three years. But beyond that, we're not able to share
2: anything specific to New Zealand. So some slice of about a billion dollars of Google money over three years being spent all around the world could come the way of New Zealand media. Or not. But if there's no deal yet with the big news publishers, what's the problem? I asked Sinead Boucher, Chief Executive of Stuff.
0: I think the launch of Showcase, which is sort of a a Google product, is sort of immaterial to the discussions that have been going on or um, through the collective, and which represents the majority of publishers and media companies in the country, to negotiate a fair commercial payment in exchange for our content that has been used. And so those negotiations are underway, but I would say that as yet, neither of those companies have put any serious offers on the table.
2: So are the Australian deals that we've heard so much about, are they your benchmark uh, and do you want to kind of scale proportional to the, the New Zealand market? Uh, so you know, roughly speaking about something between a fifth and a quarter of the sort of sums they've put into uh, Australian uh, news media companies of scale?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, We produce very similar kind of content. We operate in very similar kind of markets. So allowing for that uh, scale, we think that the Australian deals that were secured by all sorts of publishers, um, big and small in Australia, represent fair commercial terms for the use of content that was sort of created and invested in by them. You know, we'd be looking for payments that equate to more like 40 to $50 million New Zealand a year into the industry here.
2: Well, the reason, I guess, that those Australian deals were done in the end was that uh, the threat of being regulated or forced to uh, make some sort of payment was in the background because the Australian government made that quite clear. Do you think our government, have they given you any kind of signal that they're prepared to back you up by threatening uh, to force something through or regulate if uh, the companies aren't prepared to put forward an offer that uh, you say is, is serious?
0: Look, I I think, yes, I think the um, government and Minister Jackson has made that very clear in um, his public statements that they expect fair deals to be done and that they are prepared to legislate in the near term to ensure that happens.
2: The Duncan Grieve of the spin-off, who uh, is part of the collective but also uh, being run through the News Publishers Association, wrote about the launch of Google Showcase. And he said, look, based on the way that the Public Interest Journalism Fund, he says, has inadvertently made all media subject to attack and suspicion here in New Zealand, direct taxpayer funding is not an avenue any private sector journalism operator would like to see explored. So do you agree with him that um, actually this uh, public interest journalism fund has been a bit of a PR problem and, um, you know, it would be better to be able to get money from the likes of Google and Meta?
0: So, um, yes, I do. I agree entirely with Duncan. So firstly, you know, the, the public interest journalism fund in particular has been used by certain groups and, um, you know, those certain agendas to try and undermine trust. And the independence of news media in this country um, and you know and imply that because the media some media companies are receiving some funding via the government that that means they are agents of the government or that the government controls the news agenda, and that is absolutely not the case as I am sure um, you know Colin you at RNZ, which is one hundred percent government funded um, can attest to. However, I do say, you know, agree also with Duncan that we don't want to seek taxpayer funding. We don't want to be funded by the taxpayer in any way But the only way to really materially address this is to create an environment where we can negotiate fair commercial payment from these giant multinationals who have built their businesses entirely off content created by other people. Um, And a lot of that comes down to news content produced by others. You could barely think of any search term and put it into Google and look down the results and not see that a new story created by somebody is part of their results. And they use, so they use that sort of investment to build their own advertising products, to build their own data, et cetera. And those of us who have invested in the creation of that receive nothing back
2: from them. Well, even though those huge companies can obviously afford it, they're amongst the biggest, most profitable companies in the entire world, the likes of Google and and Meta. I mean, they've been very reluctant to be seen as funding the media or have any kind of editorial responsibility, particularly for reproducing the content. They have liked to promote things like the Google News Initiative, which, you know, training and digital tools for journalists and so on, and they believe that has a value. Um, Likewise, Meta has an accelerator program, you know, which they say helps media attract digital subscribers all of that, does that stuff have a value to you?
0: You know, essentially what they are, they're training programs uh, to help bind publishers more closely to using the tools and platforms that Google and Meta themselves own. But, you know, whether or not those sorts of things go ahead is entirely separate from this issue of our content, our journalism being used by other businesses without um, payment, at all uh, to build their own their own revenues and businesses, and what we really um, are focused on is ensuring that we can negotiate a commercial payment for that content um, in the same way that you would for any other product. You know um, that you know you uh, if, if you invested in a car and someone took your car and started running as a taxi, you would expect them to um, compensate you for that, not to be able to build their own business off off that um, without without recognising your investment. Um, so it's no different than any other straightforward commercial relationship. Our problem is that these platforms are very reluctant to come to the table and have a um, fair negotiation. And that's why the sort of um, legislation has been needed in Australia and other countries and also um, looks likely here in New Zealand also Look, I know Google is prepared to do some deals and has done some in this market, but it's obvious that they are sort of cents in the dollar compared to what you would see in other markets, and that's just not fair. Um, The Commerce Commission has given the um, news publishers Association permission to act as a collective on behalf of the industry um, because it recognises that exactly that bargaining power imbalance um, and that we have no teeth in terms of making them come to the table to negotiate with us. But I absolutely think, unless we have that legislation um, similar to Australia, similar to Canada, and other countries, we will not get that, um, achieve that fair payment at all.
2: That was Sinead Boucher, owner and chief executive of Stuff, talking to me earlier this month. Before the broadcasting and media minister Willie Jackson said last weekend he wants deals done with the tech titans Google and Facebook within the next three months. Well, this week we reached out to Google to ask for their response to Sinead Boucher's claim that they, along with Facebook owner Meta, have yet to put any serious offer on the table and when they think the deals might be done. But Google here in New Zealand told us, unfortunately, an interview won't be possible. Without saying why. Instead, they gave us a statement attributable to Carolyn Rainsford, the country director for Google in New Zealand, which says, We are proud of the launch of Google News Showcase and continuing our conversations with other local news media businesses. Well, as Sinead Boucher said there, news publishers want payments from the big platforms in the order of the ones that the media in Australia have struck in recent years, which are now providing them with critical income. And a key figure in making that happen was the former director of Australia's competition
1: regulator, the ACCC, Rod Sims. We presented the report to government in mid-2019 and they accepted the recommendation to have a News Media Bargaining Code six months later and it was legislated in February 2021. That's pretty quick in terms of uh, policy development in Australia. So, uh, I mean, a key advantage we had, I think, was... You know, a well argued report from the ACCC, if I do say so myself, uh, but also then the support of all the media.
2: Well, here in New Zealand, our competition regulator, the Commerce Commission, has given permission to a collective group of news media uh, to negotiate with Google
1: and with Meta. Is that a good idea to do that? It is, but there's a, a problem in what you've just described. There were three key components of the news media bargaining code in australia and all three were necessary google and meta were required to bargain with all eligible media businesses and if they could not reach agreement then arbitration would come into place so the the, the threat of arbitration at the end of it was what evened up the bargaining power because the the, the lack of bargaining power of the media businesses and having a threat of arbitration evened that up. But the second component was that if Google and Meta did a deal with one media player, then they were required under law to do a deal with all media players. Otherwise, so they so Google and Meta weren't forced into this, but if they did a deal with one player, they had to do a deal with the lot. So their choice was either have no media content on their platform or do deals with the media companies, they could take their choice. And not surprising, they chose to do deals with media companies because there's value to them in doing those deals. So in Australia, every media company that was eligible had a right to negotiate and then get arbitration in its own right. The the relevance of collective bargaining was only for the small players. So I think what I'm a bit concerned about in New Zealand is you don't have arbitration at the end of the negotiation period if negotiations fail. And I think more importantly, you don't have it written up that if you do a deal with one, you've got to do a deal with everybody.
2: And is that something that would require, you think, legislation to back that up? The government would actually have to act? Because otherwise, I mean, really, the likes of Google and Meta Hold all the cards as well as you know the big profits in the bank, don't they? there's There's no other impetus for them to do a deal with uh, either collectively or, or individually with significant media companies.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yes, we were the competition agency that was asked to do the review and we made recommendations. But ultimately this is a policy issue for government, um, and it needs legislation. There's no doubt about that. I wouldn't always recommend New Zealand follow Australian legislation. But on this occasion, I think having the the final offer arbitration, if you can't reach a deal, but crucially, if you do a deal with one, you've got to do a deal with all. See, that then empowers everybody. And you can only do that through legislation. The collective bargaining on its own will not do the job. Uh, I had the same discussion with people in the United States, uh, politicians. They had a process simply of allowing collective bargaining, I said that wasn't enough. You need the other two components of arbitration and non-discrimination, which I've described. Uh, they have now changed their legislation. So in the US, uh, they now have those two components. Um, so I think collective bargaining on its own does not work.
2: Here, the, um, we've heard Sinead Boucher, the uh, chief executive of our biggest news company here, Stuff, saying what they want here in New Zealand is something proportionate uh, they're benchmarking uh, their their request really on Australia's. So if Australia's two hundred million or so, they want about forty to fifty million for a market about the fifth of, of the size for New Zealand. Do you think that's realistic or or an appropriate benchmark?
1: It, it sounds right to me. So in Australia, uh, I know for a fact that the payments were well in excess of two hundred million. They weren't around two hundred million. They were above two hundred million. Um, and since I have I came up with that number, more deals have been done, albeit with small players, so I know it's well over 200. So if New Zealand is one-fifth of that, then 40 to 50 million sounds absolutely the right number. In, in Australia, I mean, Google's done a deal with essentially all media businesses. Meta's only done a deal with media businesses businesses that employ about 85% of journalists. Still okay, but not good enough. Uh, But the dollars per journalist were larger for the smaller companies than the larger companies. So, of course, the larger companies got more money because they've got more journalists. Mm. But the dollars per journalist were larger for the small companies. So it's, it's crucial that it not only be an appropriate amount but that it's widely shared and for it to be widely shared I think you need legislation so that everybody has the ability to bargain.
2: Well earlier in our program we heard Sinead Boucher, she's the chief executive of our biggest news publisher stuff, she says look it's fundamentally unfair the way things are at the moment and she said you wouldn't own a car, build a car, take care of a car and then let some other commercial operation use it as a taxi. Um, but I've talked to people from Google, for example, uh, who have said to me, we're better at what we do than the news media. <laughs> and it's a bit like expecting uh, your taxi drivers to have to compensate, you know, the bullock cart drivers or, you know, rickshaw drivers or something when they got put out of business by superior technology. I mean, in the end, could the companies not stand their ground and say, look, I'm sorry, we don't have to do this because we're just simply better at what we do?
1: No, that's completely wrong. That argument uh, completely falls down. This is not like the car taking the place of the horse and carriage or smartphones taking the place of Kodak film because Google and Facebook don't produce any journalism. So they haven't taken the place of media because they're just not in the media business.
2: But they're just better um, at distributing it. And then, you know, that puts them in the middle of taxi yes, advertising as well.
1: But that's a different question. Well, but but they're distributing it by taking it for free. I mean, the problem is, and, and the essential reason for the News Media Bargaining Code was was quite simple, it is that Google and Facebook desperately need media because, you know, if you search Google for something on COVID, you're going to get those articles largely from the media. I mean, you'll get them elsewhere, but for Google to be a good search engine, it needs to bring in media into its search every time just about every time. So Google needs media, but they don't need any particular media company. So when any particular media company goes along and says, "Look, how about some compensation for the fact that you're making a lot of money out of our content?" and that's the issue. Um uh, Google says, "No, go away." So only by um the news media bargaining code could you even up the bargaining power. And let's just keep in mind, I mean this is This is the same as in Australia we allow dairy farmers to negotiate with dairy processors, um, uh, uh, minerals companies to negotiate with with monopoly ports. So it's exactly the same principle. This is all about bargaining power imbalance. Uh, Unless uh, you have the power of legislation, they won't get compensated. Another point to point out is that when it goes to arbitration, if google don't think they need to pay much well the arbitrator should side with them if their arguments are strong we under the legislation here never said how much had to be paid it's just even up the bargaining power and if you can't do agree get reach agreement it goes to arbitration and if google or meta felt that there was you know not much money not much benefit to them they could have taken it to arbitration they didn't and so uh, i think the 200 million or the over 200 million is a is you know a commercial sum that's been negotiated between the parties and the same thing should happen in New Zealand. But it needs legislation and the argument that Google and Facebook, the sort of creative destruction we've taken over from them, is completely fallacious because they don't produce any media. And unless we get payment for media that's being taken and used for free, we'll have a lot less media and less media harms society. So the News Media Bargaining Code, I think, is really important.
2: And just finally, Rod, our Broadcasting and Media Minister said uh, just last weekend on New Zealand Television, he's been meeting Google and Meta, he wants something done within three months. That's the clearest signal yet that he's given, uh, that the government really does want uh, the tech companies to move on this. Uh, We've heard news producers saying there is no serious offer yet been made to this collective uh, bid by the News Publishers Association. Do you think we should expect anything to happen in three months or will it take a lot longer than that?
1: Uh, If there's legislation that's about to go to the New Zealand Parliament, that might do it. But it needs to be a really solid threat to get them to move. I mean, Google and Facebook do not want to part with any of their money. That's understandable. Anyone with bargaining power, but ultimately, where there's such a strong bargaining imbalance that's damaging the economy, which clearly this one is, in my view, because it, it leads to an underprovision of news, then you need legislation to force them to do that. But they really need to see that the threat is real. Uh, unless they think the threat is real, unless the legislation is just about to go to Parliament, you know, it's not up to me to tell the New Zealand government what to do, but but my advice would be that uh, you know, pass the Australian news media bargaining code. This is one bit of Australian legislation you can pass. Once that's done, you can withhold. You know, you can say, well, look, I'll designate you unless you do deals, which is exactly how we did it in Australia. But they had to see that the threat was real.
2: That was Rod Sims, former director of Australia's competition regulator, the ACCC, described as the man who made Google and Meta pay for the news media's content across the Tasman.